the Memorare. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to your protection, implored your help, or sought your intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly to you, O Virgin of Virgins, my mother. To you I come, before you I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in your mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. All across the Gulf South, it's 7 a.m. Time to wake up on Catholic Community Media. Good morning. You're listening to Wake Up on this beautiful Wednesday morning. You are tuning your heart to the truth. I'm Gabby Smith along with David Dawson and Johnny Bear. Hey guys, happy Wednesday. Good morning. Happy All Saints happy. Day. Yes. And, yes. And I, I'm in trouble, y'all. Um, I've got a Why? well. We didn't have a whole lot of takers come to our house last night, and I uh, got a lot of candy left over. Mm-hmm. So, uh, if oh, anybody mm-hmm. has any ideas what to do in the for the all about like you know two pounds of candy, uh, I'll take. Hey, write them in the uh, suggestion area of the Facebook. How about that comment there, area? There, there you go. Good. There you go. Get it in before Lent. <laughs> yeah, trying to get done. Before Lent, it's, uh, it's probably going to last that long. Yeah, it could. Yeah, right. <laughs> it is the solemnity of All Saints. It's a Wednesday coming day, but I think the saints are in on it by now. On when he may be coming. Mm. So uh, I don't know. Well, let's call on all of the saints uh, this morning, and uh, as we get our day started in prayer, and we ask for their intercession as we pray in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty, ever-living God, by whose gift we venerate and celebrate the merits of all the saints, bestow on us, we pray, through the prayers of so many intercessors and abundance of the reconciliation with you for which we earnestly long. With their example before us, grant us those virtues needed for us to live the Beatitudes now and then to join them in heaven to behold your glory. And we pray this through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. O holy saints in heaven, pray for us. Pray for us. Here we go. Pray for us. Yes, we're looking forward to a wonderful show today. Johnny has his gospel reflection coming up at 7 after. And in 18 minutes, we have J.P. DeGance. He's a president of Communio, and he's talking about a survey that just came out of the Archdiocese of Kansas City that concludes that 80% of church attendees come from a two-parent household. So that's going to be quite interesting to talk about that with him and how he found this out um, and what that means for the church. So looking forward to that conversation. Hmm. In 35 minutes, Dina Dow joins David in the Baton Rouge studio. Dina is the director of the Office of Evangelization and Catechesis in the Diocese of Baton Rouge. Today, we're talking All Saints Day. Mm -hmm. And in 48 minutes, Dr. Jordan Haddad joins us. He's a professor of dogmatic theology at Notre Dame Seminary and the president of the St. Louis IX Art Society. And with our Catholic 101 segment today, he's going to be talking about the communion of the saints and answering the question, most importantly, is every good Catholic that dies, do they become a saint? So we're going to talk about that. He's going to answer that question and give us his insights uh, on that. So looking forward to today's guest. 
And Dave, you know, as we approach, you know, this giving season, Box of Joy is going oh, yes. to be happening. That's and right. our giving drop-off dates and times are coming up. But just around the corner, you can go to ccmedia.live to take a look at those dates and times. Catholic Community Media is a drop-off location yes, at our are. Baton Rouge studio. So you fill a shoebox full of little tiny trinkets or toys or gifts for a child in need this Christmas. So you can go to the store and get little coloring books, socks, little tiny toys to make a child happy. This may be the only Christmas gift that they receive this year. So go ahead and get your boxes together and drop them off at our studio. ccmedia.live is where you can go and find out all of those details. But stay with, with us. We have your gospel and reflection coming up right after the break. It's five past the hour on Wake Up. Good morning, a blessed solemnity of all saints. I'm Father Chris Decker. Today's gospel comes to us from Matthew chapter 5. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain. And after he had sat down, his disciples came to him. He began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the land. Blessed are they who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the clean of heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are they who are persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they insult you and persecute you and utter every kind of evil against you falsely because of me. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward will be great in heaven. Thank you, Father Chris Decker. Well, guys, aren't the Beatitudes the perfect connection to the saints in heaven that we join with today on this solemnity of all saints? A solemnity of happiness, kind of a contradiction there, <laughs> which, the Beatitudes, yeah, which the Beatitudes seem to be, right? Right. Yes. But you know, what our, what our Lord teaches us, he gives us both a connection with a now. Uh, there's a connection here with the Beatitudes and with our saints because there's a now aspect of being blessed in this life, but there's also a future reward of heaven when that is fully realized. So in other words, uh, our saints, you know, had all the joys and the fruits of the Holy Spirit while they were alive. And even though they were in the midst of pain, suffering, even death and martyrdom, but also now fully realized and experienced in heaven that hope that they had just tasted in this life. And, and, you know, and this makes no sense to the world today. It probably never has to the secular world. But like um, like many of the parables that our Lord gives, this makes begins to make sense to us when we realize that the, the Beatitudes are the very autobiography of Jesus himself. You know, if you think about it, wasn't, you go through these, wasn't Jesus the poorest in spirit that you can imagine? God taking on the form of, of a, of a man and now reigns as king of heaven. Mm. Didn't Jesus mourn for us, even weep, and now comforts us with the sacraments? He was meek before the rulers of the world, withholding his power. And, and now, you know, the sacrifice of the mass is offered from east to west across the world. He said, I thirst, he said, from the cross. Mm. And now 
The Eucharist satisfies every taste. Mm. His blood gives us his life. And so, you know, the, the Beatitudes are the persona is of Christ himself, but he extends this to us now. He invites us to taste that as well, to let him dwell in us, to be a living, breathing Beatitude. And the more we live that Beatitude, the more we conform our lives to Christ, the poorer we become in spirit, becoming saints in our own day. Or as the Catechism puts it this way, God calls us to his own Beatitude. The Beatitudes are the goal of our very existence. Pretty powerful mm-hmm, stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, and one other reflection, though, is we kind of, the, something to meditate on, uh, this connection of the Beatitudes. Maybe we don't make this immediately, but uh, think about this. Uh, the Beatitudes are embodied, obviously, not only in our Lord and in the saints, but in the most blessed sacrament. You think about that, the most blessed sacrament. Doesn't the consecrated, that poor consecrated bread and wine fit every description? Simple and poor bread and grapes, which becomes now the food of the kingdom. In the sacrament, we bring our own mourning, our own sorrows, our own pains, and we suspend time to stand beneath the cross. Mm. It feeds us. It satisfies us. It's received at the altar of mercy as we preach, as we approach the loving God of mercy himself. We have to be clean uh, and free of mortal sin just to receive it, right? Mm-hmm. And even bitter enemies can receive it together in peace. The Eucharist was the basis of persecution in the early church, and even today, non-Catholics still condemn us for the truth of it. But the Lord said, this is my body. And now the saints that we remember today are all gathered around the table of the Lamb that's standing as if slain and as it flows off that altar and feeds us now. So we may also then believe that the Eucharist was and is the Beatitude. Something to meditate on today. Mm. I was uh, reading a story last night, and uh, I thought this was a good one, but that kind of puts it uh, personally for us. Uh, the story was about a young boy in Poland, and apparently the, the tradition was the family would go after dinner to the graveyard on All Saints Day to remember their loved ones. In this case, it was the grandfather they were going to see there. Now, this boy, though, was the story was very scared because it's dark outside. He can't remember a whole lot about his grandfather, you know, but the older, uh, his, his mom and dad and his siblings are kind of telling stories about grandpa on the way there. So the little boy's still kind of holding onto his mom's hand, you know, and he makes it to the cemetery. His eyes are down. He's very scared. But to his surprise, as he gets closer, it's getting brighter and brighter and lighter and lighter and louder. And he gets there and he realizes there's actually lots of people there. They're mm-hmm. all there doing the same thing, and they're there with candles. Mm. And so the whole graveyard is lit up, you know, wow. and everyone starts singing, you know, the song, some some songs there. And all of a sudden, you know, he looks up and he's and he's looked up uh, in the story upward into heaven. He says, hello, Grandpa. Ah. So he starts to get it. Mm. He starts to get it, right? Nice, nice. So I thought it was a cute story, sure. right? Yeah. So today is a day to rejoice, right, guys? Yeah. Uh, I'm curious. Yeah. Favorite saints? Absolutely. Um, oh, gosh, favorite saints. Oh, there's so many of them, but I mean. Um, Pope St. Like John Paul. what your favorite I mean, movie is. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> I got, now i got to really narrow that down. But uh, uh, right. my wife and I are going to a blessing of the graves uh, this evening. It's going to be after Mass. And we want to remind 
I, I want to remind everybody that I know uh, that it's uh, a holy day of obligation. So we're going to go this evening to Mass as well, and then we're going to go to the Blessing of the Graves because we know quite a few folks in there. What you're saying, you know, Johnny, about all this just gives me such hope. And, I, you know, it, when, when, when we ponder this, and we're going to be talking with Dina a little bit later on about this, you know, it, it really sometimes sounds dark uh, when we talk about death and everything, but it really is uplifting. It causes us to give our change our priorities, and I, I just find it encouraging, don't you? Yeah, I think about that stone rolled rolled away from the grave, and sure. it's like, yeah, this, yeah, our, ours is already open. Yeah. The moment we die, our soul's already That's, freed, yeah. mm-hmm. and we're there saints, right? Yeah, knowing where I'm going tonight, and the folks in the graves that I'm going to, I know where they are. I know where they are. It's yes, very encouraging. Exactly. They know where, and fortunately, they know where we are, and they intercede for us. That's mm-hmm. some good stuff. Well, stay with us as we talk about how one diocese is helping to re-strengthen families with great results. You've tuned your heart to the truth. It's quarter past the hour now on Wake Up. This is Franciscan Media's Saint of the Day for November 1st. Today we celebrate the Solemnity of All Saints. Today's feast is a reminder that salvation is open to all of us. It is also a celebration of the holy people, known and unknown, formally canonized and not, who are with God in heaven. The earliest certain observance of a feast in honor of all the saints dates to the 4th century commemoration of all the martyrs. Several centuries later, Pope Boniface IV had the bones of early martyrs gathered up and buried beneath the Pantheon, a Roman temple dedicated to all the gods. The Pope rededicated that shrine as a Christian church where the memories of the saints could be honored. Over the centuries, as Christians became freer to worship according to their conscience, the Church acknowledged other paths to sanctity beyond martyrdom alone. Many Eastern churches honor all the saints in the spring, either during the Easter season or immediately after Pentecost. Just how the Western Church came to celebrate this feast on November 1st continues to puzzle historians. What's more important, though, is that today's feast honors the famous as well as the obscure, including the saints each one of us has known. There's more about the saints along with inspiration and Catholic resources at our website, saintoftheday.org. From Franciscan Media, this has been Saint of the Day. It is 19 past the hour. You are tuning your heart to the truth. I'm Gabby Smith, along with David Dawson and Johnny Bear. And our first guest today is J.P. DeGans. He's a president of Communio, which is a nonprofit organization devoted to strengthening marriages. Good morning, J.P. Thank you for being with us today. Hey, Gabby. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Yeah, well, let's talk about this interesting survey that came out of the Archdiocese of Kansas City that concluded that 80% of church attendees came from a two-parent household. Tell us how this survey came about and kind of the evaluation of your findings. Yeah, yeah. Actually, the survey was actually built on 19,000 completed surveys in in actually 13 different states, uh, 112 congregations, included Catholic parishes, evangelical churches, and Protestant churches. And, and what we found, Gabby, was, was four out of five, eight in ten of everybody sitting in the pews on Sunday grew up in a home with continuously married parents. What really surprised mm-hmm. 
sociologists that we spoke to about this was that that trend held regardless of age. So if you're a 24-year-old single man, you're, you're amongst the least likely to be in church on Sunday. And over 80% of your peers, if you're in church, grew up in a, in a married home. And uh, if, you're, if you're a 59-year-old man and you're married, uh, 80, uh, 81% of your peers grew up in a continuously married home. So, so what's changed over the last 60 years, all your listeners would know, is, is the structure of the, of the typical family has changed, right? The, the, with the rise of the sexual revolution and the artificial contraception and the decoupling of, of uh, sex from marriage and parenting frequently from marriage as a consequence, that cha- transformation, that social and cultural revolution preceded and, and uh, we believe has caused uh, the current rise in, in, in the religious nuns, the, the growth in religious non-affiliation. And, and one of our messages to church leaders is, is if you're interested in seeing that new springtime uh, that Pope John Paul II talked about, that, 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 uh, that renewal that we so badly need as, in, in the world and in, in, in our country, uh, it, it fundamentally will have to come through a renewal of Christian marriage. Obviously, the Holy Spirit can do whatever he wants and, and, and will, but it appears that he's made made renewal and and the, the transmission of mm. of the faith uh, uh, heavily dependent on marriage and the family. Mm. That's an interesting point. Well, you know, divorce is uh, is is a reality for many of us, myself included. I went through that, and uh, luckily, I found my person, and uh, it's now a healthy marriage that has God centered in it. And for many people, that is the case. You know, they have an unhealthy marriage and then they remarried and they realize this is what it means to have that Catholic-centered marriage. This is what it's all about. Um, a lot of people are going through divorce right now. It's a really struggling time for them, a really hard time. This is not always the case for a lot of people. Um, but how is Communio helping, Communio helping churches yeah. uh, kind of combat this? Yeah, so so we exist to, to equip the local parish, the local church, to evangelize mm. through the renewal of healthy marriage and healthy relationships, yes. right? And so, you know, it, so we, we found, uh, we educate pastors that there's a big gap in marital satisfaction frequently uh, in the pews. Mm-hmm. One in five married people in church are struggling. They self-reported in our survey struggling in their marriage. Uh, uh, the peak age of, uh, of difference is, is in their 30s. Uh, women in their 30s are 109% more likely to struggle in their marriages than their husbands. So we, we, we bring these findings to, to pastors, and then we, we bring the idea of skills, of, of Christ-centered, skills-based relationship ministry into the local parish, right? Uh, uh, there's, there's a lot of good, St. Augustine tells us all truth is God's truth, and there's a lot of good research that shows eight hours of relationship skills practice for a couple in a year will will dramatically improve uh, relationship outcomes for uh, for a couple. So we want to make it normative that that men and women grow in holiness in, the, in a parish through their vocation of marriage. If, uh, I'm I'm a I am a married man, and as a, and I need to grow in my vocation mm-hmm. as a married man. And 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 it we want to make that normal. The father, I tell father, if you, if you come back from a spiritual retreat. Canonically, you got to go on a spiritual retreat every single year. And when he comes back and he says, shares with us, hey, I went on a spiritual retreat, nobody looks panicked and says, Father, what's wrong with your vocation, right? But uh, for the typical married couple after Mass on Sunday, if they share with their friends uh, that they went on a marriage, went to a marriage class or went to a marriage retreat, 
most frequently people will think there's something wrong with mm. their relationship. Mm. And I tell people, we, we educate the pastor, that is the enemy, right? Uh, uh, on yeah. this side of the eschaton, I will need to grow in holiness, and that also means to grow yeah. in my vocation, right, uh, with my spouse. Yeah. You make such great points, JP. Talk about the role of the father. Um, I uh, actually, I, I like observing during mass and I honestly see the children look at the father and see what the father is doing during mass and imitating that as well. Talk about how powerful that role is in the family. It's, it's, it's absolutely critical. And anybody listening to this can, can download for free or study communio.org backslash study. We'd encourage you to do that. It goes a lot into what I'm sharing here, what I'll share with you on fathers, and get it to your pastor. Okay, so, so what we found is, is it's the absence uh, of an effective father most frequently in the home that is the, uh, uh, slows and, and frequently prevents uh, the passing on of the faith, right? There's a, we cite a study, a longitudinal study from Oxford University Press that found adult, adults Adults who reported having a warmer, close relationship with their with their dad were 25 percentage points more likely to hold the same faith as their parents. Okay, and an adult mm. who reported having a warmer, close relationship with mom, there was no uh, no difference in their likelihood of of uh, holding the same faith as their parents. Right, so dad is a is a huge factor, and and what the research shows is is you have to have this mix of a warm and close relationship with dad, and and then also a dad who's who provides sound discipline that is not overly coercive, right? And if you think about that, and and that, that really is the love of our heavenly Father, right? Uh, God the Father wants to have a warm and close relationship with us, and He calls us to follow Him uh, and His Son. And, and he, there are rules, there are discipline, but they're not over, overly coercive. We're free to follow them or not follow them, right? Mm. And, and it mm. shouldn't surprise us that when dads, and I'm a, you know, I'm a bad imitation of the real thing, but, but when I do a good job of, of being that bad imitation uh, of, of God the Father, then I uh, make it easier for my children to grasp the divine love story, right? To, to know that there's a, mm-hmm. uh, because they experience the love of, of an earthly father, uh, they can believe that there is a heavenly father who's out there who, 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 who loves him and so loves him that he sent his only son to, to die for, for him, right? So, uh, so, so, yeah. so dads, we play a massive role uh, in transmitting the faith. And that's why marriage is such a great proxy for faith. What you see in the data is is a a dad who's not married to his children generally speaking right like setting aside vivid examples is is unlikely to be involved regularly in the life of his children and, and that makes it harder to disciple and inform and give that that human icon of 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 god of of the uh, of the church right of, of the love of christ for his bride of the love of the father mm-hmm. uh, uh, uh for for all of us JP, you make such great points, and you make great points on fathers as well. I know so many families that are hurting right now. They're really struggling in their marriage. I think this could be a good restart for many of them, and I think church parishes should really consider maybe partnering with you guys. So how do churches get started with doing that? Yeah, well, first, tell them to download our study, communion.org backslash study. Okay, there's 10 
clear takeaways that they can they can go and, and do right now. And number two, you mm-hmm. should reach reach out to us. Questions at communio.org. Questions at communio.org. Uh, I can get uh, our team can get you in touch with our, our uh, national director of church engagement. Talk to you about uh, what your tr- what your parish is doing. Uh, we're, we're having conversations with dioceses around the country. We're, we're working right now with 160. We support 160 uh, parishes, churches around the country, and 19 different dioceses in 18 different states. Mm. So, so uh, I'd encourage folks to to reach out, get that study to your pastor, contact us, and uh, we'd lo- we'd love to see how we can serve you. Amazing. Thank you so much, J.P. DeGantz, president of Communio. I have actually linked their website in the comment section for today's Facebook Live video so you can learn more. Thank you so much, J.P., for being with us today. Thank you, Gabby. Have a great day. God bless you. Happy All Saints Day. There you go. Happy All Saints Day to you as well. This is such a wonderful resources for parishes uh, to strengthen marriages. Uh, I'm so glad that they are available and a good resource. You know what's fascinating, and I'm going to make sure I heard this right. Did he not say eight hours a year will enhance and strengthen your marriage? Is, did, did I hear that right? My goodness. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I'm going to have to go back and listen to, to that, but yeah. I, I, yeah. I, 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 Adoration it, under the stars. It caught us. It, yeah. Dina and I are sitting here looking at each other going, whoa, did he, you know. Yeah, that, I that's, just downloaded. His, did, 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 yeah. <laughs> I think he said eight hours of strategies. That's, that's there. Still? Yeah. That's a year. Eight hours of relationship focus. Yeah. yeah on that. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. It sounds like a great. I mean, as long as you're witness. working on it, I mean, everything has to be nurtured, right? Yeah. And so just, just like a family relationship needs to be nurtured as well. Yeah. So. Absolutely. That was interesting. Yeah, and it can benefit people in many different ways. Every family is different. Every marriage is different. So definitely take a look at what they have to offer. Stay with us. You heard the voice of Dina Dow. Well, she will be continuing her conversation all Saints Day. That's what we're having today. Uh, so stay with us. It is half past the hour on Wake Up. Thirty-five past the hour. You are tuning your heart to the truth. I'm David Dawson, along with Gabby Smith, and I got Dina Dow in the studio with hey. us. Good morning. Good morning. I was kind of on a little early. That's why. I know. I snuck you in the conversation. If you're watching it, it wasn't in the frame. No, no. She was like, uh, she had I was her, like, wait, what? She had her head down on the table, and it's like, wait, wake up, wake up. I was drinking uh, my coffee, <laughs> but really so, appreciating JP's interviews. Fabulous. It so, was interesting. Yeah, it was, it was fascinating. Website. So what was that website that you went to again? Uh, Communio.org. Communio.org. Yeah, really right. good. Yeah. So yeah. highly recommend it. The Gabby. diocese is on it now. Oh, yeah, good. Yeah, it. There you go. There yeah. you go. Doing your homework. And Gabby's already put it in the uh, on the Facebook, the link on Facebook. And yeah. so, look, today mm-hmm. is a big day. Oh, my gosh. I know. I Isn't love All Saints Day. This is my favorite time of year, like favorite. That and then Easter is a very close second. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love talking about the saints. And it, it just they're just an amazing witness of hope. And um, and just endurance yeah. and faith and charity and love, all of that kind of wrapped up into this bundle of people yeah. um, that have gone before us, you yes. know, marked with the sign of faith. And I had gone to All Saints Mass yesterday, went okay. to the vigil. Okay. 
because uh, I knew today would be full. And uh, this is while trick or treaters were hanging around your this house. This before trick or treaters. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> went to four o'clock. Oh, okay. And then dodging the trick or treaters yeah. on the way home. But it was beautiful because Father Cleo Milano was celebrating Mass, and he talked about. Um, you know, our, our call to holiness. And sometimes we make excuses for ourselves yeah. that we're like, man, they must have had something really special. We, do. we, we hold them extra up graces. pretty darn high, don't yeah, we? Yeah, yeah. And literally, we are all called to holiness, you know, how and why? Yeah, by our baptism mm-hmm. and, you know, and by the fact that we're made in the image and likeness of God. So we all have the the ability, the empowerment, the graces to ready us to become those great saints. Yeah, when, when when I was younger, Dina, I always held the saints up to an area where there's no way I could be like that. Yeah. You know, yeah. uh, super holy mm-hmm. people, and it's like, oh, they, they their their entire lives, and that is not true. Yeah, these people, a lot of them did not have holy lives. They right. became holy, yeah. right? And yeah. that gives, it kind of gives you great hope when you learn the story of these saints, where they came from, yes. and, and, and how they evolved into holiness, yes. which is something, as you're saying, we can do. And you said a key word that I really want to bring out in our conversation today and really kind of encourage our listeners and our viewers to tell the story of the saints. Yeah. It's one of my favorite things to do. I have two books on my nightstand right now. One is uh, Missionary Zeal by uh, for, about Blessed uh, Francis Xavier Silos. Okay. And then I have another book about Padre Pio on my right. nightstand. So I'm getting through those. Very powerful. It's the last thing I read. So then mm. when I go to sleep, I'm thinking, okay, how can I wake up and, and do that the next day? But yeah, tell the stories of the saints. My children were growing up. We always had a book of the saints at the kitchen table. Mm-hmm. And so when conversation kind of, you know, ended about what the day was like or what are we doing, I'd say, somebody want to read about the saint today. And so they would pick up the book and we would, you know, we would read. Sometimes they were like, I want to read. No, I want to read. I said, okay, well, we'll just read two saints today then. Yeah, yeah. And so if you tell the stories of the witnesses of the lives of the saints, then it gives us the encouragement. It helps us understand how their faith gave them the endurance and the strength and the possibilities, plus their lives of charity mm-hmm. and joy, um, even in the sufferings, mm-hmm. you know, all of that coming together. And I know Dr. Haddad is going to come on after this mm-hmm. and talk about kind of the, that theology of the saints and, and the opportunity for us as everybody a saint when they go to heaven, yeah. you know, and so, so, you know, he'll walk us through that. But even preceding that, you know, it's like, what what are we looking for when we talk about the saints? We all have a, a confirmation name that's a that's saint. That's true. That's like, true. Why is that is important? Charles. Mine mm-hmm. is, you know, St. Anne. Mm-hmm. And, and it was my middle name. And I was given a, a, a saintly name as a middle name. But as I've grown older, it's like, oh, St. Anne, Jesus is grandma. Now that I'm a grandmother, <laughs> I'm like, oh, <laughs> I can totally relate to her. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Sandy, what were you thinking, you know, when and when Mary, you know, had Jesus, and did he come and play, and do you have a play corner for Jesus at mm-hmm. your house? You know, little things like that. So I've really got this really beautiful, like, love of St. Anne right now that wow. I haven't had before. Yeah. And so they're right in front of us. And during Mass yesterday, too, and think about this when you're going to Mass today, during the holy, 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 like heaven and earth, mm-hmm. seeing your right glory, yeah. right, as we pray, and I, my in my mind's eye, I was like, how many saints are filling this church right now? Yes. How many? I'm a guardian angel, you know, is always with you. But how many saints? And I was thinking about all of 
my beloved saints. You know, mm-hmm. I know Johnny was asking earlier, who's your favorite saint? Right, right. That is a tough question. Yeah, there's a ton of them. Because when you start learning the stories you, you of the know, saints. You know, you mentioned Padre Pio. It's oh, like, oh, my yeah, gosh. there's another oh, yeah, favorite. Yeah, him too. Yeah, know? yeah. And yeah. all the holy men and women, mm-hmm. you know. So it's just a beautiful way to grow in our faith. And when, So when you're maybe struggling with prayer, pick up a book of the life of one of the saints. Yeah. And just read about them. Mm-hmm. You know, just read about them and pray and ask them to pray for you. Both of my children were cleaved to a saint when they were little. Mm-hmm. Saint Therese of my younger daughter, Saint wow. Catherine of Siena, based on their personality. Oh wow, you got some it heavy really hitters fun. there too. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. But but they've endured through that. Yeah. They've endured. So, you know, whenever I feel like you know, there's a little umph in prayer or gratitude. I'm like, oh, St. Catherine, can you just be with Emily today? Mm. Can you just be with her in that conversation, that crucial conversation she's about to have? Interesting. And, you know, so little things like that, they're always there to intercede for us. And they want us to succeed. They want that. And right. they want us to be with them in eternity, mm-hmm. you know, so... This is the, the communion of the saints that you're talking about is yeah. why not all throughout the whole day? Exactly. Interesting. Yeah, that's okay. why I wear little medals. They have a lot of these little... Mm-hmm. I'm a little medal, you mm-hmm. know, kind of go to antique like shops. You got like four. I do have St. Joseph okay, and the Blessed Mother. Right. Yeah, representative of all the saints. Anyway. Yeah, and the Holy Spirit. <laughs> but, you know, you can go to these little stores and buy these little medals as reminders. Yes, they're not expensive. So I'll ha- I go, who's the saint of the day? Oh, St. Kateri? I have a medal for that. Mm-hmm. You know, and so... <laughs> okay. so <laughs> then I, I carry St. Kateri, you know, my neck all day long, Padre yeah. Pio, you know, so you can find these little medals as reminders mm-hmm. of their story. And it's just it's just a great witness. You cannot exhaust the prayers and the love and the mercy that come through the saints because they've been here so, on this earth. Mm-hmm. So what we what 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 you're talking about is has, has got me contemplating. All right, what is my first step to becoming a saint? I can tell you, I, I read yeah. the most wonderful book in the world called Humility of Heart, and it yeah. started off saying the one thing every saint all had in common was humility. Yeah, the virtue of humility. But then you've got other virtues that you... Yeah, sh- yeah. Baby steps. Yeah. So help us out with that. Yeah. What, what do you do? First step is to pray. <laughs> all right, there you go. Because it's a good baby step. I believe that the saints had an amazing relationship with the Lord, mm-hmm. right? And they yeah. prayed. They okay. prayed. Or someone was praying for them. I think about St. Monica, okay. you know, constantly praying for St. Augustine That's until true. his conversion, right? Just praying for him. And so, and then asking the Lord, Lord, help me to become a saint. Yeah. yeah help me to become a saint. Oh, well, they, all you got to do is, you, never, you, you always forget, go ahead and ask for it. But yeah. then thinking about today's readings too, in the gospel is powerful, you know, the paradox of the Beatitudes, you know, and, and modeling that in your life too. Yeah. I bet you if you go through the Beatitudes, and I haven't done this meditation, is if you pick out the quality or that line in the Beatitude, which saint would best manifest that? Yeah. Hmm. So prayer okay. is the best place to start. You know, our relationship with the Lord is so foundational. And and now I'm talking a relationship with a real person. I'm yeah. not talking about an entity that we cannot see or cannot grasp. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm talking about a relationship with our Lord and, and Jesus and in the Eucharist. And another thing, too, step two is pray and go to Mass. Go to Mass. Go to Mass. Mm-hmm. We are surrounded by the communion of saints at Mass as they are participating in the in the heavenly liturgy and the heavenly celebration. We too are partaking in that. At the same time, mm-hmm. all the time, right? Yeah, the cloud of the cloud of witnesses. Yes, 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Father Matthew McCaughey describes it as, you know, I mean, for football fans, you know, yeah. like we're on the football field yes. and the saints are filling the stadium cheering us on. Oh, that is great. Yeah, to cross the line. That's right. Yeah. That's how Father Matthew, I've always remembered that in one of his homilies and they're like, yeah, go, you can do this. Yes. And, um, you know, when, when, when we're struggling, you always find a saint, like if somebody has cancer or they're struggling with certain diseases, there are saints that are a witness for that in their lives. Yes. You know, like yes. for a lawyer, St. Thomas more you know we grew right. up with that like if you're an attorney you know and you're struggling with something or you're not struggling with something you're asking them to intercede for you in everyday life St. Michael the Archangel for police officers for people that are in the military you know absolutely. all of those things we've got about four of them for the station oh, you know yes. for Catholic community absolutely. media you know that, yeah. uh, that watch watch over us so thank God for our glorious heavenly saints such Dana, a great thank day you. yes. you're welcome once again we didn't even touch on half of what we I wanted know. to talk about Advent's right. coming up so we'll talk about that all next right. time we'll do that <laughs> all right it is ooh, 45 past the hour on wake up and good morning to you it's 48 past the hour on wake up on the solemnity of all saints and hey that could be you so <laughs> Hey, why not? <laughs> you never know. That's right. We keep why working not? on it. <laughs> sure. That's right. Maybe you don't even have to die to become one. Wow. wow. That brings up uh, some interesting <laughs> questions, right? And we're going yes, to join now with Dr. Jordan Haddad, who's the professor of dogmatic theology at Notre Dame Seminary. He's also the president of the St. Louis the Ninth Art Society. We've been continuing this Catholic 101 series. And now today we're going to talk about the communion of saints. And here's the question. Good morning, Dr. Haddad. Good to have you with us. Good morning. I hope everyone's doing okay and surviving this little cold snap we're having in South Louisiana. It's redemptive suffering. It's helping us to become saints. That's right. Yeah, and loving it. it (laughs) Yeah, it's nice, really. (laughs) You bet. It's a nice change. Uh, So, so here, here's the question, Dr. Haddad. Is every good Catholic that dies, do they become a saint? So what, is the, what does our church teach us about this? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. Um, so maybe I'll, I'll say a quick word about, about what a saint is, what are the communion of saints, and then that'll kind of set us up to, to answer that question well. Um, so the term communion of saints refers to that cloud of witnesses that Hebrews chapter 12 speaks about, who along with the church suffering or the church in purgatory, make up the Catholic Church, make up our our brothers and sisters, our mothers and fathers in Christ, because they have, in the words of St. Paul, they've fought that good fight, they've finished that race, and they've kept that faith. And now Christ, you know, has bestowed a crown of righteousness upon them so that they can share in His glory. And the saints are those men and women who, although dead, they continue to live. They live in Christ because they participate in His resurrection, right? Being freed from the stranglehold of sin, from those chains that that weigh us down, that that make us a son of Adam, right, as opposed to a son of God or or a daughter of God. Um, And since the saints are alive, though dead, they not only see God face to face, but they also serve as, as our heavenly intercessors on, his, on, on our behalf, so that we too can share in the life of Christ, 
uh, both now and in the age to come. So there's this, this is beautiful little passage, um, in St. Therese's autobiography, St. Therese of Lisieux, when she's sort of nearing her death and she's coming face to face with the reality of, of, of leaving this life. And she says, I'm not dying. She says, she says, I am entering into life. How, how unhappy I shall be in heaven if I cannot do little favors for those whom I love. If God answers my request, my heaven will be spent on earth up until the end of the world. Yes, I want to spend my heaven in doing good on earth. So our saints, so the saints are our brothers and sisters, our mothers and fathers in Christ, because as Jesus says in the Gospel of Matthew, his mother, his father, his brother or sister, those who do the will of God, and so a saint is one who has, who has done the will of God in their lives and thus has been conformed to him. Mm. Um, so, 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 you don't have, so you don't have to be, you don't have to be formally, it sounds like, uh, formally named as a saint, big S, I guess, by the church to be a saint if that, in heaven. That well, sounds like what you're saying, right? Yeah, that's right. Um, we recognize this great tradition of, of recognizing or bestowing the, the title of saint upon great, heroic, virtuous men and women of our Church who have, who have passed away, but have really incarnated Christ in themselves and in their own lives for us, and who now behold the face of God. But, you know, those people that we call the saints, and who we, you know, who we can have feast days for, and who we can name, and, you know, in our collection of saints books, those are only just a very, very small fraction of the of the wider reality of the communion of saints. There are so many, I mean, just think about it in our own history textbooks, you know, we only hear about the people who have done these great, wonderful things who have played a part right. in the course of history, but there's so many other people who, who have played a part, you know, and it's a similar thing with the communion of saints. There are so many others who have, who have, who have played their part in salvation history um, who don't make it into the textbook, you know, but they're there nonetheless. Right, right. So, so here's a question. Uh, so, if we don't really know necessarily, other than those that are so named, whether loved ones, relatives, are saints, they know they've made it to heaven. But nonetheless, should we still pray and ask for their intercession? I, I can't imagine any prayer to up, upward is gonna uh, be futile, right? Yeah, um, you know the church. You know the church gives us a certain hope. Um, and by certain, I mean a, a very trustworthy, reliable, you can bet your life upon it hope that if we live in and with Christ, you know, if we take up our cross daily and follow Him, if we cooperate with the grace of God in our life to try and be perfect as our Heavenly Father is perfect, and if we repent of our sins and our shortcomings and recognize our unworthiness and all the different ways we fall short, and yet nonetheless trust in the mercy of God, and seek to love him above all things and love our neighbor in him. We have a certain hope that 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 we and the ones we love will be will remain in the bosom of Christ. You know, Christ will cling them to cling them to himself so that they can spend eternal life not just with 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 him and the glory of the Trinity, but with the wider communion of saints. And so we can have a, a firm hope that that is, in fact, a real possibility, and it's offered to all people. But at the same time, we just want to avoid the sin of presumption, you know, which is just the idea that, well, you know, God would be too merciful to allow me to choose hell, or I'm not, 
I'm not, you know, a murderer. You know, I'm not, I don't steal candy from babies. I, didn't, I never robbed a bank. I'm not that bad of a guy or a gal. And so, you know, certainly I'm, I'm destined for heaven. You know, we're kind of caught in this life between those twin poles of, you know, wanting to avoid presumption, but at the same time, wanting to avoid despair that heaven's not even possible mm. for us. Right, um, right, right. And I think whereas in past ages, there was a default position of thinking that heaven would be impossible because of our own, you know, shortcomings and misery. We live in a day and age where the presumption sort of has flown into the opposite direction. You know, we presume heaven and think that, that hell wouldn't, uh, that, that hell is out of the realm of possibility. And, we, and as Catholics, we want to remain firmly in between those two extremes. And if right, we do so, right, but, if we uh, live in Christ and cling to him, then, you know, we can have that, that firm and certain hope. Wonderful. Well, that's some great reflection there, Dr. Haddad. Well, well, how can people find out more about, uh, you know, about sainthood and how we can become saints ourselves or find more information about uh, what's happening in Notre Dame, Dr. Haddad? Yeah, there's so many great resources out there that, um, you know, today being, you know, yesterday, today, and tomorrow being the great triumvirate of, of, of holy souls and, and, and the holy saints. There's so many great resources out there. Ascension Press, Word on Fire Institute, and so on. Um, so I encourage everyone to maybe, you know, maybe pick, you know, maybe get, take some time in prayer today and discern and, and, and really ask the Lord, you know, um, which saint would you like me to grow in relationship with? Because really it's just like making a new friend, and it's, it's a friend that's in a high place, you know, so it's always good to have friends yes. like that. Um, yeah. To find out more information about the but seminary, in high follow places. Us in our Yeah, group. say I know somebody. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Exactly. I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you, Doctor yeah, Haddad. Uh, social media, and then um, for the Art Society, we have our soiree coming up next Wednesday. Oh so yeah. If you haven't registered, oh, that's right. Uh, please do. Yes. Yeah. St. Louis Ninth Art Society. Well, we've got that link. Uh, happy Memorial All Saints Day to you, sir. Have a great one. You as well. Thank you all. Well, let's go out in prayer in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty, ever-living God, by whose gift we venerate and celebrate the merits of all the saints, bestow on us, we pray, through the prayers of so many intercessors, an abundance of reconciliation with you for which we earnestly long. With their example before us, grant us those virtues that we need to live the Beatitudes now, and then to join them in heaven to behold your glory. We pray this through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. Wake Up is a production of Catholic Community Media.